You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. E-S-N-Y. draft which is what we've been continuing to do for anyone that's been listening uh we've done a bunch of episodes related to a lot of nba draft prospects tonight is no different um very excited to have the head coach of the john a logan uh college basketball program um coach kyle smith peters coach what's going on how you doing tonight guys appreciate you having me Trying to figure out this uh, this new normal as every coach is in the, across the country. <laughs> Absolutely, business business as usual usually involves a bunch of Zoom calls. Um, I'm I'm sure that's a little bit difficult to get used to at first, but uh, we're very grateful for you uh, spending you know some time talking talking J Scrub with us tonight. Looking forward to it. Absolutely, and I think the the best the the first place to start uh, his story is very interesting to me. Uh, you know, everything that I read up on him, um, you know, including some issues he had in high school, uh, failing out as his freshman year, um, going to a, a Catholic school, doing a little bit there, having quite the growth spurt, going from 6'2 to 6'6, kind of climbing up, climbing his way up the ladder. It's very rare to see someone go from the junior college ranks to the pros. In fact, it hasn't happened since 2004. Um, he had a scholarship offer after, after this year to join Louisville, um, but chose to go to the pros instead. I guess my first question is what kind of conversations did you have with Jay about that decision? Uh, did you support him eventually going, deciding to go to the pros instead? Yeah. And I think so much in, in life in general has to be someone making the decision that that's theirs and that they're happy with that They're, you know, not necessarily excited about, but they're bought into. And um, there's no question in my mind, Jay was extremely excited about going to the university of Louisville and playing for coach Mack, uh, being with him throughout the recruiting process, team USA basketball, Nike Academy, all that. It's just, you know, he had a bit of a different flair to him when he finally, you know, had said, this is what I want to do. And we were all extremely excited about it. Louisville kid, Get to play for your hometown school uh, program, definitely going in the right direction uh, as of now. And, um, you know, there's a lot of really good positives to that. He got the chance to go through the recruiting process that he didn't get in high school. 
Um, you know, got a chance to meet a lot of really good coaches face to face, got to hear a lot of pitches. And obviously, you know, I think Coach Mack and uh, those guys did a great job in recruiting him. Uh, as, as the time went on, you know, with Jay, I think it was very, um, it, it could very easily be seen that a lot of the NBA people were interested in him. It wasn't as if we had one or two guys coming through. Uh, we had every single team, you know, in the, um, in the NBA and the association come through to see him, several of them wow. spending several days with him, watching him um, several days in a row. So, you know, as that kind of went on, uh, you could definitely tell the interest was there. Um, and I also, you know, I thought as the season went on, especially the, the last month or so, saw a, a bit of a maturity through Jay as a basketball player on the floor. And you could kind of see with his play, possibly where this was, you know, going to be headed. And I think with all the COVID stuff, having a lot of time to sit around and think, and, you know, obviously college basketball can still be considered up in the air. I mean, it's just kind of one of those things that uh, really seemed to, he, for him to be very um, secure about, felt very strongly about. Um, it would be one of those things where if you have two or three teams come through and talking to you and you're wanting to do this, I, I definitely could, you know, maybe be more vocal about that um, in in the, the backside to that. But um, everything that he had gathered that I had been told, you know, this is definitely an opportunity that doesn't come around very often that uh, seems as if he needed to jump on this and, and pursue it in that direction. Absolutely. And, you know, in some of the research that we were doing prior to the podcast, uh, we definitely took notice of the fact that the program at John A. Logan has been very successful, specifically since you've become the head coach, a record of 165 and 55 under your stewardship, four conference titles. What did Jay um, bring to that winning culture already? What did he kind of add to it? Well, we've been very lucky to have a lot of really good players, and we're very lucky to have a uh, a very good setup. We have a great administration. We can provide for our kids uh, in a manner maybe better than a, than a lot of, say, junior colleges. In my opinion, a lot of you know some some lower level Division ones. And um, when you have an administration that cares, uh, you got an AD that played at Kentucky. You know that understands the importance of of being with guys and what it takes for them to be successful on and off the floor. Um, you know you're going to get a guy of, of Jay's talent that understands, you know, what it's going to take. And, and with that recipe, you're going to, you know, eventually have a, a really good player. And, you know, don't get me wrong. Jay was a really good player before we got him. I mean, he was very talented. He did the work, you know, we provided workouts. He did the work. He, you know, uh, came up with, with obviously a lot of wins, a lot of accolades, and I think propelled himself as well as the program, you know, in an extremely good direction. Um, but, I think too, it kind of just, once again, as, as a coach, you always want things to be better each and every year. You want to stair step, but you never know how fast that's going to go, but you take a guy like Jay and what he was able to do. Um, you know, obviously it's, it's going to set a higher precedent for the, for the players that we have coming back, the guys that we'll be recruiting from here on out that, you know, there's a lot of possibilities and capabilities that maybe hadn't been foreseen, you know, before this had happened. So, you know, I, I was very proud of, of Jay for, how it handled when we got him, people don't realize, I mean, he was a 17 year old freshman when we got him, you know, you're talking about a 13 year old freshman in high school and 17 year old stepping on our campus. And as a junior college, you don't have, you know, those 23, 24 year old seniors that are, you know, leaders that have been through it. And these guys have to grow up fast and have to learn their way very quick. 
he's got a guy or two guys, three that are a year older than him, two years older than him that have one year of college experience. So you have to grow extremely quickly. You have to, you know, get into a routine extremely fast and you have to buy into that process because you have a short period of time compared to looking at it as a four-year school where I got four years, you know, I got three years to be the guy. Well, at junior college, you have, you have two. And it's a very short process. And Jay did a good job of embracing that um, and, and really buying into the areas he needed to get better. In. And, you know, when we recruited Jay, that was the one thing that really impressed me. We're, you know, I, I'd like to say we have a great recruiting pitch and all those things to get a kid to come. And it, we're pretty vanilla. It's pretty simple. Hey, come here to go to school and play basketball. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be a, a best friend. I'm going to support you. I'm going to help you, but you're going to hear what you don't do well. And we're going to fix those things. Uh, from the first time I met Jay was a practice and I sat there and watched him in that practice in high school. And it was so easy for him. And he had a great high school coach at Trinity. And, you know, after the practice was over, I showed him, I was, I, mean, I was on my phone and I was making a list of things that he didn't do right. Coach would say, do 10 pushups. He did seven, you know, uh, sprint to the line. He stopped six inches short, you know, make three shots. He, he maybe make three, but it wasn't full speed. And I had a list of about 35 things in an hour and a half. And I said, I don't want you to think I wasn't paying attention to you. You know, I was taking notes and I want you to see these notes. So I show it to him and you can see him kind of smile. And I says, is there any, you know, anything on there that wasn't true? He goes, no. I said, you want to read the rest of it? He goes, no, I'm good. I said, but Hey, what I want you to know, I said, this is the detail we look at. We're going to fix these things. If you want to be here, I said, it's, it's not easy, but if that's something you're looking at doing and getting better, then we're going to be the place for you. And that was literally the first conversation I had with him. And, you know, like I said, I think he kind of took to it from that standpoint of, you know, Jay's a competitor. And I think he knows there's flaws, especially when he was 17. That's what really impressed me was a kid of that mindset being that young, being in the situation he's in, you know, academically and not really being uh, probably praised enough for what his talent level was. And here comes this guy along saying, hey, you don't do this right. Don't do that right. We're going to fix this. And he bought into that mindset. And here we are two years later looking at the final product and, obviously extremely happy he picked this to begin with and uh you know extremely happy where he ended up after that process yeah you've had jay for two years or you had jay for two years which is an eternity for some NBA players <laughs> to have to be on a team for two years yeah but i i wanted to ask you what are the biggest deep, uh differences from when you got jay and to now both on the court and off the court that you notice yeah, no, that's great. I've got a few gray hairs on this side of Jay being there for two years. So they're, they're starting to darken up again. But no, he was, and, and it was, it was, it was a good experience. And honestly, like we always have a plan for each of our players. And, you know, in that two year process, where he ended up was further along and better than what our plan was for him. And like I said earlier, I mean, he did the work. He's the one that bought in. There's only so much we can do. And, you know, you got to want to do it. And I thought that him showing that ability and that drive of, of being that type of guy at the very end was great. And it, and it, and it wasn't always, you know, pretty. And for the good ones, it never is. You know, there's always some bumps in the road and there's always some things that maybe don't necessarily go their way that they expect it to. But, you know, like I told them, it's all about how you approach it and it's all about how you handle the hard times. And if you want someone to tell you you're good every day, man, you're going to fall short. And that was our big thing. We'll praise you when you do the things right. There's no doubt about it. And, you know, when we're not, we're going to fix it. And I think he really, truly embraced that, especially over that time. And, and you know, he had a good group of sophomores in front of him as a freshman that embraced that type of coaching. Um, you know, I thought Bonnie Patterson, David Sloan, Jonah Jackson, those guys did a great job of showing him, you know, 
it's okay to be coached. It's okay not to have an answer, you know, be a little vulnerable and allowing someone to get you better. And I think Jay did a very good job of having that. And like I said, here's a guy that never got to experience the true recruiting process through college. And all of a sudden he goes from a junior college guy to team USA basketball, Nike Academy to every school in the country recruiting you. I mean, Hey, your head's going to get pretty big there for a while. Mm. And it did. And you know, he was, he was eating it up. I'm, I'm not gonna lie. He knows it. And I think the most important thing through this whole process of growth was he got to experience some failure and he took that failure of when we started the season four and four, you know, you're an, M- you're an NBA prospect and you're a junior college player starting season four and four. You're not playing like one. You're not acting like one. And he had to hit a little bit of a rock bottom there and he embraced it. I just, you know, I had to suspend him because he came back late for a Thanksgiving break and he wasn't pr- approaching it as a pro. And like I told him, I said, man, I promised you a year ago, year and a half ago, like if you fail, it's not going to be because I didn't do my part. And, you know, if you fail, it's going to be because you didn't, you weren't tough enough to do it. And all honesty, he, he took all that praise that everyone's getting realized it was just noise. You know, hey, it doesn't matter when something good on him. If I don't produce, if I don't do things right, if I'm not accountable, you know, it's not going to matter. And we end up winning, I think, 24 of our next 25 games, um, you know, through that season and obviously playing extremely well and, felt like we were going to win a national championship and you know for him to embrace that it's been very easy for him to you know when I suspend him say you know what forget it I'm going to go work out and get ready for the draft I'm going to go work out and get ready for Louisville and he's a talented enough player where you know what there's schools that would take him regardless but uh, I think it says a lot for his character as a young player for how driven he is and, and taking those lumps and everybody saying you're overrated when he was going through those tough you know those those tough spells and and then going back on the floor and producing, getting the classroom and continuing. His, I mean, he graduated uh, with Johnny Logan with a, a 3.08 GPA. And you're talking about a guy that barely got through high school, that didn't take it serious. And just, you know, it goes to show you that I think there's a lot of people that want to do well. And there's a lot of people that want to be disciplined. They want accountability. And I think Jay is a perfect example of in a short period of time of how quickly some things can click when you have people around you telling you, what needs to be done. Everyone needs help. You know, help is, is good to, good to have around. There's nothing, you know, wrong, nothing weak with, with asking for help, needing help. And I think Jay embraced that. And, you know, from talking to the NBA guys, I think the one thing they've really enjoyed with meeting with Jay is just, you know, how um, upfront he is about, you know, his troubles he had had, how much he has grown and how honest he's been in embracing those mistakes and what's made him into being now as a, you know, a, a potential, you know, first round draft pick. So, you know, through that two year process, you know, like I said, I think those bad times probably helped him, you know, excel to, to being what he is right now. What impact did the being invited to training camp for team USA have for him? What was that like? Cause he was there with uh, Tyrese Halliburton, Kyrus yeah. Lewis Jr. Okoro, RJ Hampton, just a lot of All future of them, NBA yeah. players were there. Yeah. So that must've been a great experience for him, right? It was good. It was good for him. I think it was uh, one of those things where it allowed him to realize, you know what, I'm as good or better than a lot of these guys. Mm-hmm. But as he said, I, I, I asked him, what's the biggest difference you took away from this after day one? Like, what do you see with these other guys, you know, like Halliburton and all them, he said, just their approach and everything. They stretch, they stretch the best. They go through the line, they're the best. And, you know, that's not something he'd ever really, you know, we've always talked about it, but he'd always been the best guy on the floor. And here for the first time, he's with a bunch of guys of 
very, very good talent. And I think he really realized that those guys that make it, why they're good is because of their attention to detail. They're not taking anything for granted. And, you know, he was, he was tired after that three day process. And, you know, and he honestly, he stuck out. He played really well, you know, got to sit by, you know, Fran and, and talk to him and Matt Babcock and those guys were just unbelievably impressed with his ability, you know, on the floor. And then once you get to know Jay off the floor and see how articulate he is, I think that's just the extra bonus to it. So I, I think it allowed him to really kind of build that confidence and knowing like, you know what, I deserve to be here. And if I continue to work, you know, I can surpass a lot of these guys, you know, in due time. And I think that really helped him realize that for that moment, because like I said, that was the kind of the first step of him getting that attention. Then you go Nike Academy and then, you know, the recruitment's going crazy. And now it's like, Oh, I'm good. Everybody's telling me I'm good. I'm good. And he experienced the hard part of, of not necessarily performing well, but I think it really opened his eyes and he could revert back to that moment and team USA basketball over and over. And honestly, I think it was one of those things too. A, a negative turns into a positive. He didn't make the cut and he probably played well enough to make the cut. I mean, honestly, you could take of those 40 guys there. You could take any of them and, and be the best team, right. you know, and win a gold medal. They're all that good. They really are. And it's one of those deals where I think he really kind of took it personal from the standpoint that there's flaws there that I can improve. There's nothing that I can't do to fix it. You know, it's going to fall on me and Jay's accountability through that process and especially down to the very end was very impressive. You know, even up to this point of getting these calls from the NBA guys that didn't saying like, you know, his, his interviews are just the maturity he's shown from even the first interview to the second and, and his growth at such a young age has been extremely impressive. I think um, I, I want to go back just, just quick to the academic growth because for me and, and Chip and I both work in the public school system and um, a lot of, a big part of my job is developing um, IEPs, you know, different types of academic support plans for kids, right? And um, it's it's so interesting to me because it's like he went through a lot of tough love, but I, I do like the the story of him taking the accountability, really like improving himself. When he got onto campus, um, what type of, you know, in terms of taking care of his academic responsibilities, what type of support plan was in place for him you know, with advisors, um, was it, was it, you know, really like a team effort or did he just kind of handle things on his own? He matured and he was able to kind of, you know, get in gear in terms of the classroom. Yeah. Well, first and foremost, God bless both of you in the public education system. So, <laughs> no, so my wife that. does you, the word IEP. I think my hair just sticks up when I know, I know <laughs> what that, that, how that night's going to end up with some IEPs. So, yeah. but, uh, you know, with, with Jay, it, it was one of those things. He got that experience in high school. He was a 13 year old freshman. I mean, I don't know how mature you guys were, but me at 13, I mean, my academics weren't exactly high on my list, let alone, you know, him dealing with the personal stuff he was going through. So, and honestly, like the, that kind of set the whole table for his next three years of high school because he was so far behind as a freshman. It really wouldn't have mattered what he did, you know, just the way the NCAA has it set up that, you know, it wasn't going to, you know, transpire. And I think that left him with a lot of lack of motivation in high school through that because Trinity did a good job of pushing him. He got better, but you know, as far as our, our standpoint at Logan, it, it kind of goes back to what our recruiting pitch was, man. It's simple. You know, you're coming here to go to school and play basketball and it's in that order. You don't go to school, you don't go to class, you don't play. Right. And I think it's very much a reward-based system. And, you know, I remember him getting a, a really good grade. We try to fill our guys with confidence in the classroom. Like we tell them, if you're going to be good, if you're good at something you don't like, you'll be really good at the things you do like, you know what? Hey, I get it. It's philosophy. You know what? There's, it's, it's not fun sometimes, but if you find a way to be, you know, very determined 
to be good at that, then guess what? Your basketball game is going to excel even more because mm-hmm. you're doing something you don't like. And it's a test. And I remember, you know, early on, especially Jay getting some good grades and, and obviously we would praise him, but it's like, you know, like I told him, like, you're smart. That's what you're supposed to do. So you should be doing. And, you know, you, they kind of take a, and all our guys, they take a look, step back and like, really, you know, and they kind of understand and realize like this is dual. And Jay's extremely intelligent, a very smart individual. And, you know, in all honesty, like it was just more or less us showing him study habits, showing him the ability of, you know, of, of turning things in on time, being on time for class. You know, we make our guys sit in the first two rows, no cell phones. And, you know, all those little things that kids don't think add up to a big thing that end up being a really good product at the end of two years is what Jay was. And I think with what we had set in play for him, I do think it really showed where it was because he easily, you know, when COVID hit, we still had five, six weeks of school left. Right. Um, he didn't determine that he was going to go to the NBA for another few weeks, you know, and I kind of found out all at once as well, because we're doing everything remotely academically now, which was extremely tough, but he had done so well so early. He just had a few classes, but you know, he easily could have shut it down and not worried about it. And I was extremely proud. I was constantly pushing, man, get that associates, get your degree, get the degree. And, you know, don't just get it. Make sure your GPA stays high. And he did put in the time between Zoom calls and working out and all these things, you know, to to finish that task. I thought that was very impressive because we all hear about the guys saying, well, I'll just go back and finish. You know, well, my whole thing with him was let's just get it done now. It's so close. And he embraced that and wasn't afraid to ask for help, Was still wasn't afraid to be, you know, the, the humble junior college guy that, you know, hey, I got a, I got a question in my history class. What do you, you know, what do you think of this? And it's, you know, one of those things, like I said, you, you feel very heartfelt and you feel very full as a coach watching this guy go from what he was at the age of 17 walking on campus to what he, you know, finished up at. Here you are with the world in your hand possibly and you're, you're worrying about a history question and, you know, you're trying to get these things done the right way. And I thought it was very – very promising with him moving forward uh, as a person and in his career for the amount of effort that he really took with his academics. And in transitioning to um, on the basketball court, just in watching tape of him, it doesn't take long to see how skilled, how athletic um, he is. What do you think is his most NBA ready skill that he has, you know, day one when he steps on the court? I mean, obviously he's a, a a plus level athlete. I mean, his athleticism is even at team USA basketball, you could tell he was by far the most athletic wing, which, you know, I think is a cheap way sometimes in, in a basketball sense saying, well, he's that lightweight and he can't dribble. He can't shoot. He's just an athlete, you know, go, go be a decathlon, right. You know, but Jay can really shoot the ball and yeah. he showed it as a freshman. Uh, he showed it late in the season for us this, this past year. And I know Matt Babcock went and spent some time with him down in Atlanta, watching him work out in the video he posted and, and you know, we became callous to how good he was. You'd see it every day, like no different than any human being. You sit there and watch it. You start kind of picking on the things he's got to get better at as opposed to really stepping back and appreciating what he does extremely well. And, you know, the video of Matt posts, he hit like nine or 10 shots in a row. I've seen the guy hit 16 in a row in a workout. You know, he shoots the ball at a very high clip. And, you know, we talked about his head, you know, getting really big and having to fail. Well, I mean, he's shooting unbelievably bad to start the season, those first eight games. A third of the, a third of the season he shot – 21% from three mm. and it was that's not good for a guy that shot 47 the year before when you're not listening to all this noise and for him to bounce back and hit you know get to 33 if you tally up his last 20 games or so he's shooting over 40% from three and really what it was was him getting back to working I mean, he got back to getting shots up before practice after practice 
an hour before pregame. And, you know, I think that work ethic and his drive and his competitive nature, I think, is something that goes very unnoticed, you know, when you look at him from a physical, from his physical attributes of athleticism and shooting to just how competitive he really is. I mean, if we had a, you know, a, a coin flip contest right now, Jay's going to want to kick all three of our tails. And I think that's extremely important just by how competitive the NBA is because it's not necessarily the most talented guys making it all the time. Right. A lot of it comes down to, as we'd tell them all the guys, there's, there's dudes more talented, you know, as ta- talented enough to be in the league at, at Rutgers Park. There's talented enough guys, you know, at Venice and, Ca- and California. But, man, it comes down to the mentality. Like, what's your mentality through the grind? And, you know, I think Jay has that ability to embrace that. I think that's going to be a very good attribute for him having a very long career. His quickness is the first thing that jumps out at you. And specifically, uh, the fast break and what he does in transition. Oh, yeah. Like the... I mean, I, I was looking at his like shot chart and synergy and all that stuff, and the, his most possessions are transition possessions. And so I wanted to ask you if that's just like a, a function of him, or if you guys like to get out and run in the fast break a lot, or do you just do that specifically because you have him on the team, or is that how you guys like to play? I think it's really good coaching chip, honestly. So, uh, <laughs> we agree. We agree. No, it's, it's just Jay being Jay. And I mean, you know, that's the thing with, with Jay that, you know, I think sometimes coaches try to overcoach, you know, like we want to teach, but man, play, you, you can definitely rein a guy in too much. You got to be able to let a guy loose. And it doesn't mean you just let him play. You got to learn things and you got to understand how the game works. And, you know, Jay did such a good job in transition, but also in Washington, like you said, his quickness, unbelievably good, but, you know, his passing, like that guy, man, he made some really good passes and he's a very underappreciated passer for what he's able to do. I remember the last regular season game of the year, I think he finished with, he had like 16 rebounds, 13 assists, 15 points. And, you know, he just set up, well, game, man, I'm going to get a triple double tonight. Like it was, you know, nothing. And he went out and did it. Coach Mack was at the game, obviously some, uh, you know, some incentive there to, to play well. But um, I think that his ability in that transition with that quickness and athleticism, pull up and get your people better around you. That was the thing I like to see is that, you know, our guys enjoyed playing with him and yeah, he's going to see and score the basketball, but he's not afraid to pass it for a better shot. And I, I think when you see that and you don't have guys just standing and watching, cause it'd been so easy for Jay just to take the ball, almost every possession and be a volume guy. And, you know, like we talked about all the time, like, man, what can you do without the ball? What can you do without the ball? Or what can you do to get your teammates better? And, you know, in a lot of those transition situations, I mean, shoot, he would include his teammates. Yeah, obviously, go up and finish, you know, well above the rim. But then guys that overcharge, you hit a 15-foot pull-up. Like, it's nothing. So, you know, he has a lot of really good attributes, especially playing in motion um, up and down the floor that, you know, you just really can't teach as a coach. It's all natural, and it's a guy just working his tail off to get better. I think it's really interesting that you talk about allowing uh, for that creativity in the offense because – you know, we just saw uh, Steve Nash, who had, you know, um, his, his opening press conference as the, the new Brooklyn Nets coach, really talked about that a lot. You know, uh, not really wanting to um, talk about designs in the offense and, and being overstructured, but really allowing kind of like the genius of the players to come through. Um, on, on, you know, on, on kind of a, a side where Jay has been criticized a little bit, it is the defense, right? And I've I've looked at the tape, and you did you see that he's got the athleticism to make game changing defensive plays, specifically with weak side blocks. Like he, you know, he made some pretty astounding ones. Um, at the next level, um, 
what do you think he really needs to become a more consistent defender? Is it, is it simply just about will and being more focused, or is it uh, just technique? Well, I mean, the athleticism is there. The quickness is there as we talked. He's long. Um, you know, defense is a mindset. And sometimes for offensive guys that are very driven offensively, you know, it just sometimes doesn't go hand in hand. But Jay's stepping into a level to where if you want to play, you're going to have to be on the floor because of your defense. And, you know, that is now the big transition for him. And we'd sit down and watch it. And this great thing with Jay is he'd want to watch it on film. You know, he was embarrassed by a lot of his off-the-ball clips by just standing and resting. You know, it's just – all those habits that are very hard to break at times. And once again, he's young, um, but you know, those things add up and that's the stuff you're going to be able to pick apart on him, but him doing what he did shows the ability of, of a person to improve and to get better. And like I said, I think defense is so much of a mindset. It's so much of, of, of a learning game more so than even offense. Cause everyone enjoys offense. Everybody wants to score and shoot and well, like, you know, how tough are you? How, what's your mental drive on the defensive end? And, you know, Jay had some great on-the-ball, you know, defensive plays this year. It's going to be those off-the-ball plays. Can you, you know, crack down on a big, still close out to to the guard on the rotation on a scissor switch and then make him drive baseline and then rotate again? And, you know, those are the type of plays that an offensive-minded guy, I think, sets himself apart in, in the league is because they're able to do those things and still be able to go out there and get points. And, you know, I think Jay's very well aware that in order for him to be a successful professional basketball player, that defense is going to have to be a very big part of it. And I know he's worked at that relentlessly and, and continual work at it. And, you know, Hey, you're going to have to step over against a, you know, 33 year old man and take a charge. It's just how it's going to be now. And, you know, you better embrace it because it's going to hurt and it's not going to feel good, but what's your mindset going into that? And I think a lot of those things that he has very well understood and knows that he needs to improve on it. And, and like I said, I think you can judge kids and especially young men on how well they're, you know, how willing they are to, to take some of that criticism as constructive as opposed to personal and when you're able to sit there and it doesn't mean it's going to improve overnight but when you're able to sit there and talk to someone about it and say hey you sh- you need to do this no yeah you're right you know as opposed to no i needed to do this or i did it this way because I, and that's just not jay he's going to listen and you know he's going to improve on those things and, and defense is going to be a very big part of it it's just it's a large part of the game guys are too good at that level for you to not be a good defender there's very few guys going to be a james harden where you just you know, and score that well to where the defense is not going to be that big of a, you know, that big of a problem. And, and like I said, Jay gets that he needs to be on the floor. He better be able to guard people out there as well. Absolutely. And and um, the, the next question I have kind of piggybacks on what we just talked about a little bit. And it's kind of, I think the best way to, to ask it is, is um, kind of painting like a scenario. So in terms of his development, do you think the best thing for him would be maybe to spend some time in the G League. Um, can he make an impact on an NBA roster now? And I guess the scenario that I'm trying to paint is he, he's experienced hardship in his life. He's experienced failure. Do you think it would be too difficult for him to be on an NBA roster, you know, day one, um, struggle and, and not necessarily um, be able to handle that? Or, you know, would it be better to kind of like take him along a little slowly, you know, to, you know get him accustomed to the sets, uh, different things in the G League, playing with that pool of talent, and then gradually bringing him up to the pro ranks. Yeah, it's a, and it's a great question. And, like, you know, the thing with Jay, and I mean, even for us, not to brag, but we had, you know, over 65 different offensive sets. Like, my whole thing, we have you for a very short period of time. And, like, I tell them, I don't know who you're going to play for next. 
but I'm sure as hell not going to have them calling me saying, Hey, he doesn't know how to do this. They know how to do that. Like I'm right. going to teach you a whole lot about a lot. And you better pay attention because you know what? You're going to be prepared. It's somewhat, you're going to have a base or a foundation to go there. I'm a firm believer on, you know, in, in developing people to, in order to play is in, and get experience, whether it be good or bad, it, is going to help. If that means, you know, Jay's on a G league team, he'll embrace it. If that means he's at the end of the bench, on an NBA team cheering and getting to go to practice, you know, eating away, trying to get minutes here or there, then I'm sure he'll embrace that as well. Like you said, it kind of goes back to where his background is as a, as a person, you know, when you've, you know, been, been down and out for so long, you built, you built yourself up and up and up. I mean, he's, he's not been a guy that's been given the limelight until you know, about the last 10 months of his life. And, you know, this is like fairly new to him, but, you know, being tough and, and, you know, having some uh, grit to you is something that Jay's really always kind of had. And I could see, you know, very easily. And, it, and granted, there's always, you know, luck involved in, in all these things, especially when you're a 20-year-old, you know, possible draft pick. I mean, you're young. And, you know, I think a lot of the NBA guys see the potential. And when they talk about where is he going to be when he's 24, you know, where is he going to be when he's 25? And, you know, he has time in that manner as long as he approaches it the right way. But, you know, I won't be shocked one bit to watch Jay Scrub go out there and, you know, knock some shots down and be a contributor for the right type of program, um, you know, in the right type of situation. You go somewhere there's a lot of guards and people stay healthy, then, you know what, you're going to be that rookie on but on the bench or, or, or getting spare minutes. I wouldn't be shocked to see him get drafted by somebody that throws him to the Lions and say, you know, say, hey, man, go get it. So, you know, I think it's all a little relative on just who and what program you're going to be with. Um, but I also think the biggest and most important part is just going to be what Jay's focus is and what his mindset is, his mentality um, of, of what you're going to embrace. So, you know, Jay's done a good job of, of being a good teammate. He's done a good job of, of learning and he knows that he has a lot to learn. So I think it's really going to, you know, play into effect of just what organization he ends up with. But I have no problem expecting Jay to embrace whichever role that he is given, which I think was what makes Jay Jay. You know, he's going to accept the challenge and move forward with it, um, regardless, and kind of create his own path. Well, I saw he interviewed twice with the Blazers, and the Blazers have been very well known for using their development and their G League. And he interviewed with the Celtics, too, and obviously Brad Stevens, very known for his, the way he develops young players. And he also interviewed with the Knicks. Yeah. And me and Jeff are big Knicks fans. Oh yeah. So uh, I wanted to ask you how you thought Jay would handle coming to New York, playing for Tibbs, playing, just being in this, uh, being in this environment. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm with you. And it's, you know, one of those things, the one thing I think it helps him is he grew up in a city. So he's kind of been around that, you know, being in Louisville, he's kind of been around a little bit. Now, obviously, he didn't have the glamour, the glitz and all that. I mean, shoot, I, I mean, all three of us would be ecstatic to be a Knickerbocker right now. You know, I mean, it would be hard to not be overwhelmed by that initial emotional feeling for sure. But, you know, I know a majority of the teams in the league have interviewed with Jay and interviewed with him multiple times. And um, like I said, it's been very consistent with what they're telling me of how impressed they've been with just his overall mentality. And, you know, we've had several of those programs you talked about. Those are the guys that have spent several days with us. So this is not like, you know, they've seen Jay in multiple games, multiple practices, multiple different settings. So, you know, they've been able to come in and, and, and watch him. And like I said, that's what kind of sold me on the fact, okay, he's got legitimate interest. But these people aren't spending this type of money just to hang out in Carterville, Illinois, you know, to watch some guy. There's plenty of other good players out there. And, you know, I, I think that's the, the, the big part of it is, 
you know, he does have a lot of interest there, but you know, it goes back to, to Jay. Are you going to be happy just being part of it or are you going to embrace it? The mere fact, there's still a lot of work to do. Mm. You know, you've got to understand it from the standpoint of, um, you know, and, and speaking of Jay, like we talked about team USA basketball should be excited, but you also deserve to be here. So what are you going to do with that opportunity? And are you going to compete or are you just going to go through the motions and, you know, go back home and wear your team USA basketball jersey? You know, what's going to happen? And it's not always going to work out the way you want to. So how do you embrace it when it goes wrong, when it doesn't go right, the way you thought it was supposed to go? What are your expectations? And, you know, those are all those questions. And I hope those things that we've prepared him for, because it's not going to be how, you know, everyone's good when it's going good, when it's easy. You know, how's it going to be when you haven't maybe played a game in five games, you know, or you've been at the end of the bench? You know, how do you embrace those times? Are you still working, still getting the extra work, you know, jumpers in? So, I think a lot of that's going to probably just be determined on Jay's drive and his ability to stay hungry and not be satisfied, which, you know, I think that's a lot of the survival with a lot of those guys in the NBA, you know, is you see the guys that embrace the the grind and you see the guys that just are okay with, you know, being part of it. So, you know, I'm, I fully expect Jay to to be one of those guys that just, you know, back against the wall as he always has been and, you know, going to push forward and, and not be satisfied until the until he's, you know, achieved what he wants to achieve, which is to be a really good player in the NBA. I think uh, the next two questions I have, I kind of want to mesh into one. Um, of the coaches, of, of the players that you've coached and you've been around from a talent perspective, where does Jay rank? And then this one I'm always interested in asking people, um, how was he in the locker room? You know, if any – what type of leadership qualities did he exhibit? We obviously know that um, he led by example in terms of his growth, uh, but what sticks out about him as a person? Yeah, and, you know, good questions. And I, I think that's one of those things that kind of went back to what we talked about earlier too is, you know, his growth that he had. I mean, you came in as a quiet 17-year-old guy, not saying a whole lot. You got the big head on you where you're saying too much. So where, is the, where does it fall in between when we go down that stretch? You know, how are you leading your team, whether – like I told Jay, like, whether you like it or not, you're the leader in the locker room, off the floor, in the floor. I mean, their, their production as a group is going to be how, you know, you hold yourself accountable. And, you know, to see the growth there, of what he was able to do and what he was able to say to his teammates, how he was able to talk to them. And I think that was a, a very positive thing. And I, I think it, like, like we said, I mean, these aren't guys that have a 23, 24-year-old senior that's been an all-conference guy in the ACC, you know, that's been through some things. I mean, Shoot, he's the he's he's had 30 games under his belt as a college basketball player, and he's the most experienced guy on the floor. You know, one of them. We had a transfer from Murray State, and you know, a transfer from Wyoming. So you you've got some Division One experience there. But you know, in that essence, you know, his ability to grow and and to kind of form his own ability to lead, I thought was very good because you know we obviously were playing very well at the end of the year, and we wouldn't be able to do that if he didn't have that type of leadership with him. You know, we were very talented, but you're not going to win at that rate he's not going to put up that type of number, not going to put up, you know, that type of success without having some of those leadership characteristics. It just doesn't work. You know, our coaches in our league are too good. Uh, we saw early on when we started the season four and four what bad leadership does and what bad examples do. So to get where we needed to get was going to be more so him acting the way he needed to act. And that's really the direction that he went. And obviously we're very thankful for it. Chip, um, do you have any other ones? I got, I got one more. Oh, go ahead. Ask your question. All right. Um, this, this one, I, so what would it mean for you personally if you heard Jay's name called on draft night, November 18th? I know you talked a little bit early on in the podcast about what it would mean for the program, but just 
Um, really, really have enjoyed the conversation about his growth, your role in his growth, um, and seeing that, you know, just kind of develop over time. What would it mean for you personally to see his, his name called on draft night? I mean, obviously, extreme excitement to see where he's, you know, come from, what he's been through. Um, you know, Jay, having his name called at that level is, is I got to put it with all our kids we've had in our program. I'm going to be as happy for him as I would be the guy that signs at Austin P you know, or SIU or so on, because, you know, what is that expectation? Now, like I would tell Jay, and hopefully we get to experience that, and we probably will, is going to be, all right, time to get back to work, you know, enjoy that moment. You got that one day, no different than winning a game. You've got to move on to the next one. And, you know, it's, it's business. And I, I think, you know, Jay will have that type of approach. And, you know, very few, very few programs, very few coaches, very few players get to experience that type of notoriety. So obviously you need to enjoy that moment because it just doesn't happen very often. And, you know, you want to embrace it, but then again, you also don't want to get, you know, really fall in love with that one moment saying, I got it, as opposed to what you need to do moving forward. You know, we've had very talented guys before and we've had NBA guys call on previous players we've had, you know mm -hmm. what, but they didn't put it all together. And, you know, you're going to have that. And that's their, those guys' jobs, and they're really, really good at what they do. You know, those organizations are worth billions of dollars. They don't miss very often. So, you know, they're going to put a lot of time and effort into making sure you are what you are. And, you know, I think that's the big thing for, for Jay and moving forward is, is just continually not being satisfied. You know, he wasn't going to be satisfied just being a junior college player. He wasn't just at that point going to be satisfied being – the best junior college player. You're not satisfied going to Louisville. You're not satisfied unless you win a national champion. Just keep on moving that bar higher and higher. And that's kind of what he's done over the two years. He's not satisfied getting a 2.3 GPA. Right. You know, you're not okay with a 2. Point. I want a 3.0 or better. And, you know, he's found ways to challenge himself in that and not just being satisfied with where it stands. And that's what gives me a lot of, I think, hope and a lot of, uh, you know, excitement and seeing where he's going to end up because, He's, I think, proven time and time again in the short period he was with us that he has that ability and the willingness to continually set that bar a little bit higher. And I think that's what you have to do to be a very good professional. You know, it's it's just very easy to see a lot of those good players. And we've seen it. A lot of young players that just kind of go bust because I think they got necessarily the talent wasn't there. They just got satisfied. They got overwhelmed. You know, how are you going to handle the hard moments? So obviously want to enjoy it. But I think Jay understands, too, that it's uh, not going to be the, the last step. Because you can't look at things that way. Otherwise, you're going to be very disappointed when it's all said and done. Well, I got to say, um, as a Knicks fan, we have three picks in this year's draft. And, um, you know, one in the second round of 38. Uh, I think you did a pretty, pretty awesome sell job here on, on Jay Scrub. I think anybody <laughs> listening is, uh, is going to be very interested at the very least in where he ends up, um, how he develops. As we were saying before, his story is uh, very interesting. Uh, definitely a um, you know kind of a, a picture of, of growth and development, and really picking yourself up after a, a tough early going, especially in high school. Um, so you know, I think that was a, a pretty cool thing to hear for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, the thing with you, everyone wants to see someone like that win, you know, and I mean, no one expects it to happen because you're always like, ah, I won't, it won't work out, it won't work out. And, you know, you're always excited to see that kind of that David and Goliath type story where David finally gets that chance and then has the ability to continually propel himself forward. And, you know, Jay's put himself in a very good position. I've had multiple, you know, uh, GMs, assistant GMs, front office guys tell me that Jay's a top 15 talent in this draft. Wow. And, 
you know, I think that's been very consistent across where they know where the talent is. And, you know, it's, it's a bit of a, a curse and, a, you know, maybe, um, you know, a good thing that, uh, you know, from the curse side, they weren't able to see him in person because I think, you know, even from talking to like, you know, a Matt Babcock, who I think does an extremely good job with evaluating players, been in the business. And, you know, what his ideas were before Jay, when he saw him at Team USA, kept him, uh, you know, periodic communication throughout the season, then going and him spending three days with him in Atlanta and watching him in person saying, oh my gosh, you know, he's bigger, better than I thought he was going to be. And film can only do so much. So that's kind of the curse of it that I think a lot of these organizations didn't get the chance to see him truly doing their drills. Most of them, I mean, all of them came in and watched him play mm -hmm. and watched him practice, but to watch him on a, you know, more intimate basis of doing their workouts, being around them. I think that's where Jay truly will win a lot of people over. They're going to see he's very intelligent. They're going to see he has a big heart. He cares about people. And I think all that stuff translates into being, you know, a very successful player when it's all said and done. Chip, any, um, any other questions before we let coach go? Uh, just one. Coach, can I ask you about your own playing career? Do you mind? <laughs> yeah, no, that's fine, man. It wasn't uh, wasn't as glorious as Jay's by any means. So, yeah, no, I, I've actually played junior college basketball. I was a um, you know a solid high school athlete. Played multiple sports. Went and played at Southeastern Illinois. We had a a really good team. Went there because it was going to be a challenge, and got to play with Dante Smith. You know, it was one of my running mates at Southeastern. He was the last junior college guy drafted, which is an unbelievable coincidence. Yeah, and, that is. That uh, is. You know, got, had the ability to have Jay and Tay get together and talk a little bit, and um, you know, Dante made me look a lot better than what I really was. So you know, went over to the SIU and had a great experience there. I'm from Southern Illinois. I uh, got to play for the Salukis when we were rocking and rolling. Went to two NCAA tournaments, and you know. Played with a lot of really good players on a daily basis. I think we had like four or five Hall of Famers. And as I tell everybody, I had, I had the best seat in the house every night. So, you know, it was, uh, I was really good at uh, waving that towel. But, you know, it was a great experience for me as, as a coach because, you know, I, I got, I redshirted a year. I came off the bench. I started, you know, I waved the towel. I did all those things. And, you know, my dad was a coach. So I've kind of been able to use a lot of my personal experiences and, and you know, seeing, you know, things through those guys' eyes from where they were. I mean, obviously, would love to see the game through Jay's eyes, but you know, never was good enough to do that with that experience. But I mean, it, I think it has allowed me to really be more open-minded about things and what people are experiencing, you know, through the good, through the bad. And, and, you know, everyone wants to start, everyone wants to be the star, but, you know, getting that mindset and getting your group to buy into what their role really is and what it needs to be, not maybe what they want it to be, what it needs to be. And I think that's a very important aspect of a coach. I mean, I, I think so much of it nowadays, especially these kids have, so much going on around them with social media, with, you know, I mean, shoot, just even the COVID stuff recently. But, you know, I don't think sometimes as a coach, we step back enough and understand like what they truly have going on. Mm. And, you know, life can sometimes be hard enough and, you know, to throw a, throw a mean basketball coach or, you know, a guy being too hard on top of them. I mean, you want to push them, you want them to get better, but you know, there's, there's some of that where these guys know, and I think our players and our program really know how much I care for them and how much my staff cares for them. And I think that, you know, really lets them know that, man, that, that expectation needs to be higher than what my own expectation was. And, you know, I, I was fortunate to have that and some coaches that I had. And I was uh, very lucky to, you know, be what I was, even, you know, as, as the short playing career in college I did have to have those experiences. So, like I said, hopefully it's been able to reflect uh, not only my coaching, but some of the guys can take some of those experiences we talk about and use them for their benefit.
Yeah, I looked at you played against one of the early John Beeline West Virginia teams. Oh, and then yeah, no chance. There no chance. Uh, one 3-1 zone, man, Gamber and Snoggle. And, yeah, yeah, that was Snoggle, a bad yeah. deal. Bad draw. They need, need to be mad at Coach. They dropped like two or three of their last five games. They went from being a one-seed lock to a, like, I think a five, and we were a 12 or 11. But, yeah, we uh, they had six seniors in that year. His son was on that team, and. Yeah, they were they were really good. I think they were a basket. It's funny. I think they were a basket away from the final four. I think it was maybe Louisville yeah. that uh, that took them down going to the final four that year. So. You guys pulled off an upset the year before, though, right? Uh, uh, well, we were we played. Um, we were actually the high seed. We beat St. Mary's, and oh, then we no. actually had Oklahoma yeah. State down. They were good too. I think they were like the oldest team in in the NCAA that year. The average age of like twenty five. Had had two guys that were married. I think so. You know, the <laughs> grandbrothers, and I mean, shoot, I'm. I'm over here barely getting through history class. I think I got married with real, real, real responsibilities. So, but uh, you know, it was it was a neat experience, and you know, uh, shoot, just just getting to be part of that because we did. We had a good young team, and then you know, once they got rid of me, that next year they go to the Sweet 16. So it shows you how good I was for them. So they, they kicked me off, and you know, I graduate, and they they roll and almost had they had Kansas on the ropes, and almost had them beat. So it was a uh, you know a, a fine experience with you know lifelong memories with a bunch of friends that I still have. Absolutely. Um, I think uh, I think that's a good place to wrap up. Uh, Coach, once again, I just want to say thank you so much for giving us some of your time. I think this was a really great conversation about Jay, a uh, super talented prospect. And we're very excited to see where he ends up. Um, you know, definitely good luck to you, uh, the program going forward, to Jay as well. And uh, just again, thanks so much for coming on. Guys, appreciate you having me. Enjoyed it. Absolutely. And um, we will be continuing with some of the more draft related podcasts. Uh, so those will be coming up, you know, maybe one more this week and uh, a few in the, in the coming weeks up until November 18th.